Fixation Podcast Show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Animation Fixation Podcast Show, where we talk everything animation. And in today's episode, we are continuing our deep dive into Netflix's animated anthology series, Love, Death and Robots. As such, we will be discussing Shapeshifters by Blur Studios, Helping Hand by Axis Studios, and Fish Night by Platage Studios. I hope I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> uh, plated, a platage image? We'll Something. call it Platage. <laughs> Someone correct us if we're wrong, please. <laughs> anyway, so the, the, uh, the first one on the list, Shapeshifters, which is about Marines in Afghanistan fighting the insurgency. Now, this might seem like your run-of-the-mill uh, Middle Eastern war film, but this is Love, Death, and Robots after all. So, it turns out that some of the Marines are in fact wells <laughs> with heightened senses, speed, strength, and healing powers. But after one of their forward operating bases is attacked, they soon realize that one of their kind is fighting for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you make of this one, Caitlin? Um, I'm going to start with story because that's, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. And story-wise, this isn't really anything kind of groundbreaking. It really falls into all the tropes of, of a war film. It's got that real, you know, American apple pie patron. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Patriotism. Yes, that's the word. I'm doing my best today, guys. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm so sorry. Patriotism. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's not groundbreaking in terms of anything that it's saying. It feels just very run-of-the-mill, tropey war film. That being said, it's not a bad film. Not every story has to do something completely new and different and be groundbreaking. The story, I think, really held up. The humour, again, it felt very genre-appropriate and it really worked. Um, I think because it relied really heavily on those story points and those tropes, you do kind of immediately settle into the film and you know exactly who, who, whose side you're on, you know where you're sitting with everything. And it, it's a really good technique for a short to be able to kind of get you straight into the action, to give you something that's really familiar and just make you feel right at home. And I, overall, I think the story was was pretty good. I really liked the, the relationship between the two werewolves. Um, the, the fight scene was incredible. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it, this is a very gory film, um, but like that was that was a really impressive fight scene. Mm-hmm. So we Absolutely. have uh, the the American werewolf fighting with um, the two werewolves who are fighting for the Taliban, and um, mm-hmm. there's this bit where like uh, the Americans guy's arm gets like torn down to the bone. Ripped apart. Ooh, yes. This was like something out of one of my DD campaigns. It was it was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. It was. It really was. And it felt like with that fight scene that there was real strategy mm-hmm. as well. It wasn't just these two beasts just no. ripping each other apart. That They were actually thinking it through. And when you have fight scenes like that where, where you, you see both mm-hmm. sides thinking about things, it suddenly becomes far more interesting. It's, it's not interesting just watching... Two brutes just tear each other apart. It's like, eh, whatever. But when they're actually thinking, it makes you think yourself, 
oh, this is, there's, there's so much more going on here. Who is actually going to win? It's not necessarily going to be the bigger, stronger one. It's the one that can outthink the other one. Yes. Like the, the playing dead strategy was just like brilliant. Like it was textbook and they fell yep. for it, but like it was <laughs> yeah. like the oldest trick in the book, but also like it was just masterfully done. Um, I think one of the things that um, I think there's, there's kind of there's a bit of you know fantasy racism kind of going on in this where it's like you know the the human soldiers against the the uh, werewolf soldiers even the ones on their side um and i mean like I, I again it's very in keeping with the genre but also mm -hmm. i mean i don't know i don't think i'd be picking a fight with a werewolf man <laughs> like i think i just let them no and at the start you see the main character mm -hmm. get shot a couple yeah. of times and he's still able to shout out orders and you know get up and brush himself off he's taken mm -hmm. bullets for his fellow soldiers who, yeah. who are human they're not werewolves as well and yet these guys treat them like they're just stray yeah, dogs it's, it's, not... it's like that didn't make yeah. any sense it's like okay yeah they're different but they're obviously on your side they're not trying to pick fights with anyone they're they're not Mm -hmm. acting all superior they're just like acting like you know just another one of like soldiers um so th that really yeah, didn't make I, I any sense this, to this me this is one of like, it, it is a trope of these kind of war films where you have kind of one of these mm -hmm. groups of soldiers that are outsiders and they get tripped but it, i don't think it actually lines up with reality and i think i think actually you know when you hear the stories like out of places like afghanistan where you have you know, local translators who are helping soldiers. They the relationships that form between those guys is really, really strong and there is a really great respect that happens for these local translators who are risking so much Absolutely. to be able to help translate for these soldiers. And they would they would in this in this genre fall under this outsider category, but like that's that's not how they're treated. And I feel like I feel like this is actually doing a disservice by a lot of soldiers and the relationships that they form with their with their fellow um soldiers so yeah look, I, I think well well it is very tropey and it is kind of just the genre can we move away from this guys can we find something else please because i think we can do better i think we've shown that as a species we are doing better so let's have some hope for humanity yeah. yay <laughs> should we get to the visuals yes absolutely um the visuals were fantastic now, mm -hmm. I, I always find it interesting. They put so much effort and detail into the environments. Oh, mm -hmm. I love the environments, the especially environments the grounds. I'm obsessed with grounds, people. I, I do a lot of work <laughs> on grounds. I, I love looking yeah, at mm -hmm. them. <laughs> um, and they were fantastic. There was so much detail, all the, the gravel and the dirt and everything it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But then you look at the human characters and they felt very video game cinematic yes like, yeah and it's just a little bit jarring yeah it is it is they, they were very unfortunately did fall into that uncanny valley like they were just too, yes. too close and then you also had i think the worst part of it actually because like another way of differentiating the werewolves from the rest of the soldiers they're walking barefoot which makes yes. sense if you're changing yep. um but it's just another visual way to differentiate them and you see a close-up on on their feet as they're walking and they're just not quite right like <laughs> now in 3d human characters if you're going for realism 
they are incredibly difficult to do simply because we see people all the time. We see all the little details in everyone's faces and without even realizing, we recognize anything that's different, especially in, in 3D. You can tell from a mile away just because we're so used to looking at people in real life. Mm-hmm. And as such, it's very, very difficult and time-consuming to create realistic-looking people. Mm-hmm. It's not just about having a good-looking model. It's not about having really high-res textures or, or shaders. It's getting all of those elements to work correctly, to, to even getting the appropriate rig for mm-hmm. the face and around the eyes, not just the, the limbs. And there's just so much that, that goes into it. And when you're dealing with a TV show, you, you've only got not nearly the same amount of time as what you would on a feature film. Yeah. Nowhere near the budget. It's And all those constraints make it even more difficult. Um, so I think when designing a film, if you're going to try and go for the more realistic route, try and make sure that you're your environments are going to be as realistic as your characters. Yep. If you can't do hyper-realistic characters, maybe don't do hyper-realistic or super high-detailed environments because it does make it jarring. And just having that level of detail, you can you can get away with something much more stylized and it's still beautiful and stunning. Yeah. You don't have to hit this Absolutely. absolute realism detail for it to be incredible, mm-hmm. beautiful work. So don't feel pressured like you have to. Uh, tell your own story tell something that is beautifully beautifully told and beautifully presented and it doesn't matter absolutely completely agree i will say though i love the look of the the werewolves Mm -hmm. and the transformation to how they just seem to rip the skin off themselves it was amazing very graphic but it it just suited the the style of the film it was amazing i loved it i did i did have this thought as i'm watching them literally tear off this human skin to reveal the wolf underneath i'm like how do they change back? Never mind. It's cool. I don't care. <laughs> it's cool. It's it's just really We're cool. Rule of cooling this, people. Maybe when they change back, they just develop really bad alopecia. <laughs> just, <laughs> just every time a werewolf changes, it's just like a pile of hair. It's it's actually funny you say that because we 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 never do see them change back mm-hmm. into humans, but when we see the werewolves die, mm-hmm. they change back into humans. But you never see no. that. It's always just a camera cut. Yeah to from them being a wolf to them being human i mean uh, to be honest that's probably the best way that they could have done it because they probably didn't have the budget all the time to do and figure out how how they might actually do that transition back so they spent the money where it mattered yes that like that was the money shot and it was beautiful like they they did a really good job on that they did they did it was so good so what would you rate this one as, Caitlin? Um, oh, I'm probably going to give this one, I reckon, a four out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really masterfully done. Again, story's not groundbreaking, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you know, there were a couple of things where like lip flaps not lining up correctly, but you know that's just the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, it's always really hard to to get that. Um, I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta claim that was intentional. Um, 
Uh, no, you, you but, are right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I yeah. completely agree. I'm also going to give it a four out of five. Um, you had the the look of the characters not really lining up to the look of the environment, mm -hmm. and the the story. Again, like you said, it's it's not groundbreaking, but it yeah. wasn't terrible either. I did really enjoy this one. The 3D was still very nice. And yeah, 4 out of 5 for me as well. If you like Call of Duty, you're going to like this. It's it's very much got, got that, like, you know, first-person shooter vibe, particularly the bolt over the fence. So if you're a fan of first-person shooters, check this one out. Absolutely. Now, the next one we're looking at is Helping Hand. So it's basically about uh, an astronaut that's doing work on a satellite. She's all on her own. She's outside the satellite in a spacesuit doing work. And we see a tiny bolt, mm -hmm. some form of um, space, junk. space junk, smashes into her back piece, knocks her off mm -hmm. the satellite. Her air's running out and she's just meters away from the satellite with no apparent way of getting back. How is she going to survive? Tell me, Caitlin, your thoughts. Oh, I loved this so much. This was, I, I'm gonna be honest, most of the time while these um, shorts are running, I'm taking notes. I full on forgot to take notes for most of this. I had to fill them all in at the end because I was just on the edge of my seat for the whole short. They did the tension so well, so, so well. Um, and honestly, this character, she's just so metal. Like, she she realizes that, you know, obviously she's running out of oxygen and she's floating away from where she needs to be. She, ex like, rips off part of her suit, like, seals up the, the upper part of her arm, rips off the bottom part of her, her suit to try and throw it in the other direction to give herself propulsion back the other way. And when that doesn't work and she's going in the wrong spot, rips off her own arm in to to, to th again get into her space it was it is such oh i'm we get to see it was hardcore we get to see her face <laughs> i respect so much these filmmakers we stay on her face for a good portion of the time mm -hmm. that she's screaming as she rips off her arm like we are seeing it happen we don't shy away from seeing it break, but they also then cut back to seeing her face and seeing the anguish on her face as she's feeling this arm die and having to rip it off. And that is a really hard shot to get. Like that is like that is a really hard shot to justify staying on. But I respect they've done it because it was so well done and it's it gives me so much respect for the character. And it just I feel like that's first. I think it's a hard shot to do in live action. I think it's an even harder shot to do in animation because your animation really has to hold up when you have something this close to a character portraying that much emotion and that much intense um, emotion. So I think it did phenomenally. Yeah, absolutely. They did everything very well. the The look was mm -hmm. very consistent. Again, the the human character wasn't super hyper realistic but the the look of the character suited well with the look of the environment so they did that very well yes um that through a lot of it i was just wondering why wasn't she tethered to the satellite uh, i i don't know why that, that was just in my mind the whole time i was like why wasn't she tethered why wasn't it she does, tethered? it does feel a little bit like a safety psa about how you have backups to your backups to your backups yeah and be like <laughs> 
this is why we shouldn't we should be cleaning up our space junk peoples yeah. <laughs> uh, it was great just seeing this character trying to figure out how she was going to survive think her way mm -hmm. through it and understand that she was going to need to make a sacrifice and th those stories are always fantastic because they they leave you wondering if i was in that position could i myself do that would i be willing to rip my own arm off to survive um and the the tension was great you, you had the mm -hmm. countdown when she was going to lose all her oxygen she she radioed houston and they're, <laughs> they're saying that help will be there in 45 minutes but she's got 15 minutes worth of air and she's like mm -hmm. what am i going to do i'm going to die here and her first attempt she's like i've got this idea and she throws her glove and it gets her so close she actually touches the satellite but it just slips out of reach and then she's like i understand now what i have to do yeah. rips her arm yeah. off throws it and then grabs on or we we yeah. don't actually see we we don't see her and at the end of the second attempt actually get to safety it just goes to black and you're left wondering did she actually make it and then the camera comes in inside the shuttle and i'm really glad they included that ending to like give you that that resolution um yeah yeah with a lot of movies they they like to leave the audience guessing and leaving it up to them to make their own conclusion which i do like but sometimes it is in this case it was necessary i feel Mm -hmm. to give that to the audience because I think she just tried so hard she she did what most of us would never do ourselves to yeah. survive and when you see someone make that enormous sacrifice you need to see whether or not they made it otherwise you would not yeah. be satisfied you don't want to see a character that you're getting close to yeah. you're with her on this journey of survival and to not show whether or not she survived i feel that would have cheated the that audience absolutely would have cheated the audience i think yeah. i think this this is really a, quite a masterful use of the storytelling device of one character one location small amount of time and one big problem because this hits all yep. of those so beautifully and it's mm -hmm. just it's a really really masterful way of using that storytelling technique and i really respect that you kind of have that you know, I think it's like 45, 50 minutes, whatever it is, of oxygen that she has left. And it's not until it's kind of like down to like the last couple of minutes that she's like, I'm an idiot. I, I should have been doing something about like she goes through her little freak out of, well, this is it. I'm dead. And then goes, hang on, <laughs> I can do something about this. And I, I, I don't know. I feel that. I feel like every time something goes wrong and I'm just like, it's the worst. Actually, hang on. I can fix this. <laughs> like, and you know I feel what? that. Th that makes it that makes it so realistic. Mm -hmm. In a lot of these movies where you have your hero, something bad happens. They're like, no, something bad has happened. Okay, I need to address this. They don't have that... Morning period. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they don't have that realistic period that we all go mm -hmm. through of realizing this could be the end. Why did this happen? This sucks. You, you, you have that kind of pity party. And then when the time comes, you're like, hang on. I need to do something to survive this. And because I had that, it made it so much more realistic. So what would you rate this one? Oh, I, I really enjoyed this, this film sim. I don't know if you could tell by me fangirling for like the first minute of this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
I think I'm probably going to give it a, a 4.8 out of 5. Ooh, okay. it's, it's really close to perfect for me. It is mm -hmm. It is so good. I really love the last shot of the hand, like this, like, crumpled up cool, hand yeah. floating away from space. That was really cool. And I also really love, this was only 10 minutes long. It feels a lot longer because you mm. go through this massive emotional turmoil with this character. Um, and they could have extended it. They could have drawn everything out. And I think having the restraint of going, we only need 10 minutes for this. We can tell the story and we can tell it really, really well. And we're not mm -hmm. going to add some frills on or we're not going to try and elongate this just to kind of hit a 16-minute mark like a lot of these other films are. I, mm -hmm. I think that was that was just a really good call and speaks to filmmakers really knowing what they're doing. So, yeah. 4.8, almost perfect. Well done, guys. Nice. Um, I will probably drop your draw a little bit on this one. I'm actually going to give it a 3.5. What? Not because it wasn't a bad film. Not at all. It, it was done very well. Um, it, it was just one of those films where I was left with a lot of questions like why didn't she do this why did they do this they, why did the filmmakers do that I mean, and th that's not that's not always a bad mm -hmm. thing to do in a film but with with a short film i feel that you need to cover as many bases as as possible it's okay to have one or two major questions but if you're left with a lot of questions you're no longer focused on you know necessarily what the film was about. I mean, if I can speak in its defense for one second, they do establish at the very start of the story that it's a solo mission because of budget cuts. And um, they also establish that everything on this little spacecraft that she's on is real janky. Like, she's got to, like, bash on things to, to get them to work. Like, it, it is this very lived-in sci-fi universe, like, nearly like a Star Wars feel. So the fact that she doesn't have, like, a tether or, like, they're relying on one thing and then that breaks and then there's nothing... I didn't find that as a problem because I feel like that was very much in the line of this is this is the effect of budget cuts, but yeah, you know. yeah, it's like they can't afford a piece of string. <laughs> uh, um, but a, a, another thing is um, rewatchability. Mm -hmm. So again, it is a good film, but it's not one where I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this one again. Yeah, okay. It's more like it was a good film. Um, I didn't necessarily love it. But I didn't love it because I didn't think it was any good. Mm. It was, it was all right. It was all right. All right then. Um, for the <laughs> best reason. <laughs> no, look, look, all opinions are valid, Tim. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would not say that it's a bad film in the mm. slightest. It was a good film. We good. We good. I can feel you judging me. Tim, right I always now. do that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let me try and redeem myself with the next one fish mm -hmm. night uh the movie is set in the mm. american desert you have these two salesmen that have been driving through and their car breaks down they know that they've got to walk back to somewhere uh they can't just stay here but the night's rolling in they, they decide to stay with the car and rest now in the night we actually start seeing this primordial life start to come up through the desert floor, but it's it's all fluorescent. Like we're looking into the past and the younger salesman realizes that he can actually interact with it and he steadily becomes part of this world. 
and it's explained that where they are used to be a seabed so all these ancient life forms from hundreds of millions of years ago and he's starting to interact with them but what did you think of this one caitlin i i feel like i'm about to harsh with buzz <laughs> i really didn't like this <laughs> oh no now it's my turn to judge yeah, you um i mean as established <laughs> uh tim is the artist among us so um I'm not even going to argue with you. The visuals were gorgeous. It's got this very comic book feel and then the the fish and like particularly the way the fish were lit and like these, these beautiful glowing spectral fish. Really, really cool. I did enjoy that bit. Cool. What were the characters' names, Tim? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, because they're not given any. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the story is where this really falls apart yeah, for me. And you know what? I will agree with you 100%. I love this one purely for the visuals. Oh yeah, I, I I'm I'm well aware. I I knew this was gonna happen. I knew I was watching this and I'm like, like Tim's Tim's gonna have a field day with this. I really um, did. The, the the dialogue and the performance of the dialogue um feels like it could have used both another pass from the writers' room and another take from the actors. Like the actors really don't feel like their hearts are in it. Um, again, these are these are unnamed characters in a situation that isn't really resolved. So it kind of just ends with the, the young guy being taken by the fish and, well, being eaten by the shark, really. Yeah. And the old guy like, well, guess I'm alone now. I was like, well, but no, no, like, it, what? <laughs> there needs to be more of an ending than that. Like, I don't actually know what the purpose of this story was because there wasn't really a purpose story other than being a vehicle to show pretty fish. <laughs> It's, it was doing the absolute bare minimum it needed to do to justify showing you pretty fish. And I would argue it kind of didn't even do that. So um, I, I really dislike this. It's, I feel it's just not, like, it's not there. There's no ending. There's no resolution. What was the purpose of this? Yeah, I, I will definitely say that I hated the ending because it just kind of it just ends. ended. It just ends. And I hate endings like that. Uh, th this is a type of film that I would describe as a Skittles film in that it looks pretty, it tastes great, it does nothing for you. It will rot your teeth, but you enjoy it while, you, while you're We're not sponsored um, by Skittles, obviously. <laughs> I love Skittles. Don't judge me. Um, the visuals I absolutely loved, mm -hmm. but was the story good? No. no. Were the characters interesting? No. Was the ending great? No. Hell no. But for me, it was purely just the visuals. I loved what I was watching. And I was also thinking, how did they do the shading? Because mm -hmm. it was very obvious that this was 3D. Yes. But they made it look like a comic book yes. style. Not to the extent of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Not to that extent. But... It still looked very hand-drawn, 2D, comic book style. Yeah, thick borderlines around everything. Yeah, it was really... Yeah, yeah. and when the characters moved their bodies and, and weren't completely flat onto the camera, you, you saw how the outlines would actually change with yeah. their movement. And the, I just loved the, the design of the, the mm -hmm. fish. Uh, I'm kind of like a cat. I see a glowing thing. And I'm like, ooh, Ace's so way to distract him is with a laser pointer. You heard here first, people. <laughs> I'm very simple-minded. Um, yeah, just visually, mm -hmm. I loved it. But I cannot 
argue with what you were saying about the story, the characters. It, it's mm -hmm. very weak on all those those as, fronts. As a tip right now to anyone making films, the one of the simplest and easiest ways to start getting an audience to engage with your characters is give them a name. When they have a name, they become a person and not a thing. And so yep. even if you're not kind of putting in a whole lot of legwork into the rest of the character development or the story, at least they have a name. There's something there for those among the audience like me who are very character and story driven to latch onto and to at least start to want to engage with your story. Whereas this one, I felt very, very disengaged and the fact that they weren't named really didn't help because I didn't actually care that the young guy got eaten. No, Maybe I'm a bad person, but like... No, no, you're absolutely right. When he did get... Young guy? When you saw the shark coming, he's like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And he gets eaten and he's like, yeah, he's dead. He's disappeared. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You, you felt nothing for the characters and you, and I don't think that the old guy did either. He's like, oh, no. he's dead. Oops. <laughs> yeah, like... There's, there's not really any emotional connection because you don't know these people and they don't seem to know each other in this film. Yeah, it's, just... yeah, it, it's like they've been partners for a day. Yeah, yeah, they, they know each other well enough to kind of heckle each other over who didn't fix the radiator, Yeah, but not well enough to refer to anyone by name or... It's like that co-worker that you've been working with for a couple of years and now it's too awkward to ask their name, so you just refer to them as mate yep. every time. <laughs> Definitely not something I've done. No. No, nor <laughs> have I. <laughs> uh. um, no, you, yeah. you're right. Um, it was a visual treat, but I, I feel like in the script it just said, oh, we'll give them some dialogue and then they say, see some pretty fish the end yeah i i think i think script was just two people in car car breaks down at night fish <laughs> i really feel like the creators had the visual idea mm -hmm. of what they wanted to do first and just wrote a story around that yes yeah and that they, they, they weren't interested in the story itself they were just more interested in the idea of ancient fish coming up through the the desert floor like a memory which yeah. is a cool idea. But like you but... think you think about the way that that's even presented, the old guys like this this used to be a, an ocean. Uh, we say that the spirits of people can haunt the houses they once lived in. Why can't fish? And then suddenly there are fish. It kind of it nearly feels like a dream sequence. It's very unresolved. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. It's, it's it's a little bit of like this wish fulfillment, but then it's not explained if it is a dream, if it's not a dream. Um, because there is no ending to it. It just it just ends. And yep. if if it is this desert haunted by ancient fish, there's so many more cool things you could have done story wise with mm -hmm. this. You could have had, you know, like a ghost hunting team go out there instead of two random salesmen. You could have actually had some way of engaging with this and making us think it's real rather than just is this a dream sequence? Is this mm -hmm. <laughs> is this or, or, or even just turn it turn it into a, a survival story. Exactly. At first, it's 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 amazing, and then suddenly it it turns into a hellscape where they're trying to uh, survive. Yeah. It, it feels like the last half of this film is missing, and yeah, like if, if this was just the setup, yeah. I'd buy it. Like I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But like, this, it does nothing with it. it. It it gets me somewhere to be like, yeah, okay, and it's over. Oh, okay. I'm I'm disappointed. We'll dress up with nowhere to go. It's just like eating a, a bag of Skittles. <laughs> Tastes great. And then you're depressed that it's over. 
Anyone else feeling like a bag of Skittles right now? If anyone would like to send us a bag of Skittles, I'm good, thank you. <laughs> we won't say no. Okay. All right. So what would you rate this one, Caitlin? I'm I'm going to be harsh today. I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. Ooh. It, it okay. does nothing for me. I, I, it doesn't justify it's pretty. And I'm sorry, but the pretty mm -hmm. is, is very pretty, but it's not enough to carry this mm -hmm. film. Yep. You are right. I'll be giving this one 3.5. Okay. All right. Um, but just because I enjoyed yeah. the visuals and it does have that rewatchability for me. I'm not watching it for the fascinating story or these really interesting characters. I'm just watching it to look at something pretty. That's it. Make your screensaver, Tim. <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah, have everyone else at work going, man, you're a weirdo. They already say that. Yeah, yeah, they probably yeah. do. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you everyone for listening to us ramble on about this fascinating mm -hmm. series. Please follow us, like us, share our content, and we will be around for the next episode. Catch you later. Thanks, everybody. Bye. We're waving. <laughs> Why again. are we waving? No one can see us. <laughs> Why are we waving? Bye.